accessing library computer data. Out there, there are no saints. Just people. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the show. We're continuing our coverage of DS9. We're up to the episode called The Alternate. It is the 12th episode of season two, aired back on January 9th, 1994. It was, the, the teleplay goes to Bill Dial, and the story goes to Jim Trombetta and Bill Dial, directed by David Carson, who would go on to direct Star Trek Generations after this episode. In this episode, the Bajoran scientist who used to be Odo's teacher, that's an interesting description, arrives with evidence of others of Odo's kind. We're joined by Modi. Modi, how are you? I'm doing great. How are you? Good, I think. Uh, we're going to talk about the alternate. We got, done talking, we got done talking about Rivals, and now we're going to move back to what I would consider to be a more traditional Star Trek episode than what Rivals was. Um, trying to flesh out the backstory of a character. We're trying to introduce a solid mystery thriller aspect, and we're trying to get a little bit of sci-fi nonsense thrown in on top of it. So we're going to take a break. We're going to play an audio clip, and me and Modi are going to come back, and we're going to break down the alternate. It would seem to me that, being a scientist yourself, Lieutenant, you can appreciate the difficulty of our dilemma and the elegance of the solution. When Odo was first found, nobody knew who or indeed what it was we were dealing with. A shapeless, viscous mass of fluid, a a veritable organic broth. That was our Odo in the beginning. When did you realize you were dealing with a sentient life form? He didn't. I had to teach him that myself. <laughs> it's true. It's very true. <laughs> Tell her. It was a dilemma for me. I'd never seen anything like these creatures. The scene isn't really an appropriate description. He had no eyes, per se. I was just trying to describe it in simple terms. He had never perceived anything like us before. All right. So, the alternate. Modi, you want to lead this one off? Let me know what you thought oh, about God. this. Um, I don't know. It's, it's, it's a tough one. It's, it's cool to get some backstory for Odo in a very mysterious character in, in general. We don't get a lot of backstory from him usually at all. Um, it's, it's, uh, it's also a good spin on a father son relationship, I think too. Um, and, and seeing an aspect of it, it, it seems like it kind of rings true as far as having a, for the kind of, kind of person that that Mora seems to be and the in Oda's reaction to him, it seems like it comes by it honestly as far as his kind of uh embarrassment by him almost or or dis- I don't know what to explain with it, but uh kind of angst towards towards the doctor. Yeah. Um it all it all it all feels like a very angsty father son relationship. Yeah. Yeah. I think that the um I think my issue with this episode is that I can't tell if the writing is lacking or if it's just being too subtle with what it's trying to say about them. Um, I think that the, the most interesting aspect of this episode is the Mora Odo relationship, which is tied into a science experiment crossed with a father son relationship. And the way that Mora talks to Odo is on its face a way of him talking about his experiment and sort of being interested mm-hmm. in the results of his experiment. But it's also symbolic of a father and son having a difficult relationship where the father's trying to figure out what is driving and motivating his son to do. 
and also being a little bit domineering. The problem I have is I don't really, from this episode, I can't really tell if Mora is a bad father figure to him. Um, mm. It reminds me in a lot of ways of the Icarus Factor on some level. Remember the the, the TNG episode where Riker's father comes and they fight with Anbo Jitsu? Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I see a lot of that there. And Icarus Factor is funny because at the end, the whole episode is destroyed when Riker and his father have a I love you scene, even though Riker's father is clearly a dick in that episode. (laughs) And Riker should not be so forgiving of him. I kind of have the same reaction here at the end, although I don't know if it's justified because I don't know if the Mora character is written slimily enough. You get into a situation here because of their relationship. You see a father-son relationship with no love. Basically, there's no reason for Mora to love love Oda. I mean, it it and and vice versa. Um, he is an experiment to him, and is treated as such, as he said a lot of the time. But then, but there's also this kind of like uh, uh, Mora mentions that he feels pride over over what what Oda's become, and yeah. it's like you don't get to take credit for that. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know why you feel like you get to take credit for that. And it, that, that part feels like that Riker uh, dad situation there a little bit. And, but at the end, it doesn't, I don't know. It doesn't have quite as much. Uh, I love you, dad kind of situation at the end. It, Cause it isn't, it isn't that kind of relationship. I don't know what it is, but well, he more, more views him as an experiment almost the whole way through, except does mention pride and and does seem to be fatherly towards towards him at the same time too i just think that the like not knowing the basis of what these experiments were is kind of problematic and it mm-hmm. in previous episodes we've learned that odo was not happy in that situation and so he left um so and he he, he didn't think highly he, i think he has a previous episode in necessary evil he says he didn't think highly of the scientist that he was working with and like is Odo in a cage during this? That's that's the thing. Like all all this this whole relationship can be viewed in a different light depending if you find out how those experiments went. If they were like zapping with electricity just to see what happens, kind of stuff. Yeah. If they were torturing Odo just to find out how he ticks. Yeah, like this could have a totally different connotation if you find out he's kind of an abusive father at the end. Um, and we don't get that at all, but it, it does. The the opinion of Mora hinges upon that, and the way Odo. Re- re- reflects on him it could go either way i mean he's at the one side he's, he probably isn't going to be happy in captivity of, of being a science experiment he wants to be a person have a, he has he has conscience he has he has a sentience so he doesn't want to be a test subject yeah uh and that alone would be enough to say hey you know what that's great go go on but if he's doing even more to him of trying to like find out more about how this guy ticks then totally it would be uh paint more on a terrible light yes and uh, like the I, I think it's a mistake not to describe that situation because mm-hmm. I don't know how you feel, but I feel that it I feel that the relationship is more abusive than they're letting on, especially in the scene where Odo immediately uh, like cracks when Mora discovers that Odo is the one that's been shapeshifting into a monster and he doesn't know about it. Like Odo and it, like the the monster thing i think is supposed to be symbolic of that inner hatred of mora 
Right. So why would he hate him that much? Right. That's the thing that that's that's the part that doesn't boil down. So he must have done some shit, man. Because Odo seems if for Odo to shapeshift and then immediately go after this guy, it's not just angst there. There's something going on. Right. And I, I think that the that's the the way that I read the Odo backstory is that Odo's captivity was sort of a prison like existence. And if he didn't just walk out, he sort of like he almost escaped from that situation. Mm-hmm. And they don't really clarify that. They don't bring anything into it. And as you say, the Mora character hinges on you knowing about that. Like you, yeah. this is a disturbing episode if Mora is that abusive to him. Like the way it wraps up, Rhoda is like, I love you too. Because also, he's filled with hate for him. Yeah. And there's a scene where I'm starting to question what Mora's motivation for coming here was. And he says he's coming here because he's found a location that might have more shape-shifting creatures. But there's a the scene when when Mora is going after uh, going after Odo and saying, um, telling him he's like this, you're the monster and what you know everything that's going on around here and it's like it's trying to convince him that he's the monster. Yeah. It feels like he's manipulating him. When Odo into thinking that so that he leaves and leaves the station, comes back with Mora somehow. Yeah, like, Odo that felt, if that could be really scummy if that was the way it went down. Odo reacts to that by saying, "I'm not coming back with you," which seems to yes. be Odo recognizes that as his ulterior motives for it yeah. and i think that it's uh james sloyan i think is the actor he played the defector in the tng episode he's in a bunch of star trek episodes he's a very good actor i just think that his that character is not clearly defined enough throughout mm-hmm. the entire story you and don't I, know his motivation at all like why he's really there and why he's trying to convince odo that he's a monster right at the end there even though he's right i mean in the end but it's just i don't know i think that's seems he, scummy I think I think that the scene in the uh, in Odo's office where Mora explains to him that he's becoming a monster and Odo starts melting yeah. and sort of breaking down. That's the core yes. of their relationship. I think like the episode yeah. needs to be about that. And it's not about that in a lot of ways. And if it's if the writer of the episode thinks that that is not the central conflict, that scene sticks out like a sore thumb for the, at that point, because that is right that's weird you're only writing that to turn odo into basically the incredible hulk version of a changeling and that doesn't feel right to me so it feels like emotional abuse like he just he just like railed on him until he melted like seriously what is (laughs) that it it is the hulk thing right like he's he's turning into a monster because he's getting angry at him Um, yeah but he's 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 purpose it feels like i mean it depends on it again depends on Moore's backstory and, and odo's backstory with him which angle that goes but really if we find out like one little piece of information about their experiments uh it changes the whole story as far as more is concerned yeah yeah because and i think that's a better episode i think if it's Mm -hmm. just a they had kind of a friendly father-son relationship that uh was slightly strained you know on some level but not on not atypical from a traditional father-son relationship and they and it was just a repeat of the Icarus factor coming on. I'm much less interested in that as an episode. The mm-hmm. the Odo being experimented on and his sort of him being terrified of this scientist who has come back for him. It, like on some level, is would it have been would it have made more sense to have Odo's scientists be Cardassians? Oh yeah, I mean that would have, that would have, that would have shaped everything about this because we have already ideas of what Cardassians do and yeah. the their methods, right? But we don't know the Bajorian like what in this particular case it's kind of a blank slate. We don't know. Yeah. Um. 
it's going to depend on the because we've seen Bajorids of all kinds. I mean, we've seen them be evil and seen them be good. So there's you know just any kind of range you can get with them. If it was Cardassian, it always just you would immediately assume evil. And it, it's it, but it's an interesting thing because of and I would like it if they even went in that direction because of who Odo is as a person. He's yeah, as a person, he's a very stoic character. He's not emotional about it. He's getting a little bit angsty about the situation here. But even if he was abused by his father, he still just has a a, a bit of a, I've put this behind me kind of thing about it yeah. because he's such a stoic person. Um, and that would be kind of interesting. It's it's not like you would see in a typical show or it'd be kind of like this, uh, I'm going to finally confront my father kind of thing. It's kind of just like, I'm over it and I don't, I'm not going to, I'm not going to go back to you, but I'm not going to, you know, continue to fight this because it's not worth it kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's it, it that would be an interesting representation you don't see very often. Yeah, very much. Uh, do you know the movie Affliction with Nick Nolte? I have not seen it. Okay, that's a, a Nick Nolte plays like a uh, cop who has an abusive alcoholic father, um, and he's trying to solve this mystery in the background of the movie as he's like slowly sort of turning into his father, uh, like against hmm. his best wishes. And I I kind of feel that that's the the way that they could have done this here uh a little bit of a fact that ties into that is originally this was supposed to be like a brent spiner type thing where renee abajonois was to play both characters dr mora and odo mm. uh they didn't have the time to do that so they they exited out but they gave him uh they put a wig on mora that makes it look like odo's hair so that he's copied his yeah. hair um I, I think that the we've talked we've talked a good point a good amount about the uh the father son backstory behind it what'd you think of the monster movie aspect of it uh it was okay um i mean it had some classic kind of trope scenes in it uh in general the reveal of the monster is never very good um terrible cgi for the monster yeah it looks very very bad also i just don't know if it even makes that much sense as far as the plot goes like there's so much that they wrote into this that they just kind of discarded and it seems weird that it seems like there's they could have they didn't it feels like they didn't know how this thing was going to end uh, as they were filming it yep. basically to me because they do this thing with the with the the shape shifting on the planet and they bring things back and the planet attacks them spews gas in them and that, that gas is what drove Odo to kill yeah um, but they also do a thing where they brought back this obelisk uh, statue thing which is not resolved at all. There's no reason. I don't. Th- I don't think they gave any reason for that to be present in the scenes. Um, and the the little creature they bring back is yeah. left unsolved as to if this yeah. is a changeling creature. Yeah, it seems like there's a sentient being here, and they, they admit that. And it also escaped and was it was going through their tunnels yeah. and through their <laughs> through their systems, and never is resolved either. Like, well, it it's dies. Just, it's it, a strange. It, yeah, it just well, dies, dies but, yeah. they don't, but but it also is replicating. So if if it dies, did all of it die, or is it just like there's still some of it running around the ship someplace? That's true. I, my my assumption is it's all dead, and then the see, I, I think that the best aspect of the monster thing is that they they do a pretty effective job of hiding the fact that it's Odo for a little while. Yeah, um, that works pretty well. It makes total sense when you go back and rewatch it that it's Odo, but I. Even on this rewatch, I, I was thrown for a little bit uh, that I was like, oh, yeah, that's right. It is supposed to be Odo, and it's not that creature uh, sort of growing and becoming a traditional monster movie. I think that the catching the monster is not great. I don't really like the Incredible Hulkization of Odo mm-hmm. that it represents. I think that the the anger symbolism is good, but the character work that we talked for the last 15 minutes about isn't strong enough to support that story yeah um so it, it needed more 
yeah, you're left in this weird position where it doesn't feel super satisfying. And it has bad drama moments where, like, Cisco's like, we'll put it on stun. If stun doesn't stop him, kill Odo. Kill him. And, he ki- Which and is Kira's odd. like, oh, my God. We and he's like, you uh, obey my orders. It, it does that kind of stuff. And I don't think it's very effective. It's also, they could have done more with that because of what I mentioned of the... We don't know Mora's backstory with Odo, and so we don't understand Odo's anger, um, and we don't understand Odo's kind of semi-forgiveness of it, but if they wanted to really play into the anger trope, they should have had him on the surface be more more forgiving of it, Yeah, but have that, that hidden anger be the thing that drives him to kill later when he becomes in, in this monster form, because he actually is still angry about it, but not admitting it, he has feelings about it still. Yeah. So they don't really, they don't really play on that, that he's past it, or acting past it, and not as much as they could maybe um i feel like if they had leaned into that a little more i think the the reveal at the end would have been more effective because it would be kind of the hidden emotions coming out like it is with with hulk yes yeah and that that would just be you need to rewrite the earlier mora scenes to have a little Mm -hmm. bit more of a edge to them i think um and and it's a it's a kind of an odd episode too it has a bunch of scenes uh, you had mentioned that they dropped it. It has a bunch of scenes that don't really seem to matter to anything. There's the Jake yeah. and Cisco opera, Klingon opera discussion. There's, Which I seem to like, though, actually. I like that scene. That, that's probably maybe my favorite uh, Cisco and Jake interaction because it, it felt natural on a level that they it felt, don't always... It felt like a different Cisco to me. I was like, did Cisco change a lot while I've not been watching here? Because yeah. this was like uh, I mean, an actual cool relationship moment with, with the father and son we haven't, I don't feel like I've seen before. No, be it's... It's usually, I don't know if the writing has changed. It's, it's totally dependent on how Brooks plays those scenes. Mm. And sometimes he he overdoes it, I think, on some level. He nailed it here. Yeah, he, do, he did nail it. It's a very, he's the he's being a, a stern father, but he also doesn't have a good reason besides you just yeah. have to do your homework. To tell him. The moment when he's like, uh, when was the last time you listened to the click on opera? He's like, well, when I was like, sure, age. That's just the good, perfect delivery. Yes, and, J- and Jake says... Um, there's something Cisco just has a very often like remark about like if you think that you don't have to do it you're, you're wrong about that or whatever. <laughs> um, it has the oh, but he's never angry about it. He's never like like very stern about it. He does seem very. He realizes the he's time. in a corner with that. Ar- he, yeah. he, he as soon as that argument starts, he realizes that he's going to be stuck in a corner. The, it has the a very weird scene where when O'Brien is uh, crawling through the Jeffrey's tube before he finds the dead alien and he's like what's those noises over there and it's like this most horrific alien sounding noise and he's like i'll I'll go check that out he starts (laughs) he starts over the calm sort of having like a live stream diary entry about being in a relationship which is which is really odd and weird that no one tells him like chief focus on the business at hand it's just an odd little detail (laughs) that they stick in yeah it's a weird moment um and then bashir has a sort of weird monologue where he's like one day Dax will realize that I love her and I'll win her over. And and it's a very odd ending to a scene that felt out of place. Yeah, that was weird. Um, A lot of weird weird moments. The Bashir and Dax stuff is actually feeling, up until he started having that sort of evil genius monologue, um, (laughs) I actually enjoy their interactions more. It's much more subtle at this point and much more believable. Yep. They've grown. It seems seems that the whole thing with them, it's not as... uh, heavy-handed as it once he had to be Bashir has matured a little bit there's just the writing has changed him too he, yeah the characters evolved a bit too and yeah the writing's been they figured out how to write him yeah yeah not to be the 
because he's supposed to be pretty young. I always think of him as older, but when you know, in the previous episode when O'Brien is thirty, and I'm like, oh, what's Bashir like thirty five or something? He's supposed to be. Yeah. He's supposed to be twenty five, I think. So, oh. um, I don't know how old Siddig El Fadil was at that point, but I, he seems like he's older than twenty five. But I might be wrong. Um, my last point about this: this kind of felt like, if you agree, this felt like a. In the podcast previously, we've been complaining about the fact that DS9 doesn't do TNG stories very well. This felt like a TNG story, but it was done DS9 style, and it worked on some level. I could definitely see, like you said, there's there's elements that we've seen in TNG before. There's there's uh there's uh Data's father son relationship. There's 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 Rikers. I mean, it's, it's, these are tropes that are kind of recycled in a new way for this, and it does, but it does feel like those did. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah, and it's just a like the very monster of a week feels like a TNG uh, type yeah. activity and stuff like that. Um, it just feels like a much improved version of what those things are. So we're going to uh, take a break. We're going to come back. We're going to play uh, patron thoughts or not play them, but we're going to read some patron thoughts, and then we are going to give our final ratings, and then we'll call it a day. And the possibility exists. It doesn't. I do not commit criminal acts. It is not in my nature isn't it the gas maybe it was the gas on the planet it affected all of you it must have done something to me a possibility that has to be it certainly worthy of an investigation dr bashir dr bashir will not understand any of this except that you have turned into some kind of uncontrolled thing that tried to kill him really odo what do you think they'll do with you do they won't know what to do with you They'll put you in a high-security prison or quarantine you on a deserted asteroid and a gamma quadrant. Odo, they'll put you in a zoo. I don't believe that. You don't know them. What other humanoid have you been able to trust except me? What makes you think I trust you? All right, so, patron thoughts for the alternate. If you guys support the show at uh, patreon.com slash thepenskyfile. You give a couple dollars a month, you get extra podcasts. You also get the ability to chime in on upcoming episodes and we'll read your thoughts on the podcast. I don't know why I said that like a New York. Read your thoughts. We're going read to your thoughts. We're gonna read some thoughts. We're gonna read your thoughts, kid. Um, we're going to go through those things now. So if you want to support the show, go to patreon.com slash the Penske file, and that's the best way to do it. Holly McLaughlin writes the alternate. I don't really understand this one. Never have. Looking forward to this episode so you can straighten me out. Uh, hopefully we did. Let us know, Holly. If we, we we did, we did. We did. <laughs> Nailed it. Uh, <laughs> hopefully, I I similarly feel confused about the episode. I think our discussion sort of yeah delved into that. Um, Stephen Carbright, the, the alternate Doctor Moore's character is interesting. The actor does a great job with the character, making their motivations and attitudes believable. The rest of the episode is a meh. The rambling monologues of O'Brien and the Jeffrey Stube and Bashir after Dax turns uh, turns him down feel forced. I probably dif- disagree with you a little bit, uh, Stephen. I think the the actor does a good job. I think his writing could have been improved a little bit. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Matthew Ross, the alternate. I really enjoyed the bug hunt aspect and actually thought the reveal that Odo is the same thing was handled well, and it kept me slightly guessing as to when I saw it. Uh, slightly guessing when I saw it originally when it was broadcast. The misdirection in the small petri dish item to the pylon. I thought the creature was actually one of those other things. Even now, not remembering, I thought it was the pylon. But the hiding in plain sight issue and the chaos was interesting and made Odo not only vulnerable but dangerous, however, not unstoppable and mildly indestructible like Data. The issues Odo has had with his father makes me hear whining at home. Stop it, Daddy. Don't mention it to 
don't mention me on the Penske file. And the fact that in some ways we may disagree and almost dislike our own parents, but then come around to respect and understanding. Yeah, it's all about that. Uh, I guess maybe it, it depends on what Bora did, though. Yes, it depends <laughs> on what Bora did. Story. And maybe your own perspective on that kind of relationship yeah. might color things for you. Um, Kyle Barrett, the alternate. I like having Odo be his usual confident self in the first scene with Quirk before then seeing the contrast when Mora Pole turns up and he starts acting like a grumpy teenager embarrassed by his parents. However, the rest of the episode falls flat for me because the stuff with Dr. Mora gets lost when the episode becomes a monster show. I think it's a missed opportunity to have a person Odo was essentially raised by be not uh, by be not not be no not be more interesting. Sorry about that. I like their relationship, but I feel it could have been the focus of the episode and have another layer. Also, DS9 needs to update its security procedures because apparently a level 5 security seal simply means placing an upside-down plastic bowl over something. It's true. <laughs> it's a spider got loose. Uh, the, the spider got loose. He melted through the plastic bowl. I agree, uh, Kyle. I don't really uh, disagree with anything you said there. The Probably the weirdest thing about it is the lack of resolution to the changeling stuff, which is the entire yeah. basis of going out there. The pylons, the planet, the... Why would Mora go back to Bajor if, if there's still a thing out there to study? Right. Like, doesn't make any sense. And it, it seems remarkably close. I think they say it's something like six light years or something from the entrance to the wormhole, which in Star Trek terms doesn't seem all that far. It feels like it's right next mm. door to it. Uh, but the Gamma Quadrant is pretty... They haven't really defined the Gamma Quadrant at this point, um, so it's difficult to know what's sort of out there. Uh, that's about it. We'll give it our ratings. Uh, I'll go first, Modi. You went first last time. I'll give this one a, a three. I think this is a pretty stock standard episode. Um, it's different from Rivals in a lot of ways, but it's still the same kind of like... I don't really have too many tremendous problems with it. I think it has some issues, but not enough that are really problematic. I would just like to see more clarification of characterization and stuff like that. So I'll give it a three out of five. How about you? Um, I was going to, it's kind of the same vote as me. I, as I think last time I gave it a four, this time I'm going to give it a three, kind of adding a half a point to each because of, or subtracting half a point just due to writing. Yeah. Um, so I, I removed a half a point from this one for writing, but uh, so does the three for me. Okay. It's, yeah. It's, um, it's a, it could, it could have been a little bit redone on some level. I find it more yeah, it could interesting. Be it could be a lot better. I find it more interesting than Rivals, but less well executed on some level, if that makes any sense. But it's, yeah, that makes sense. It's a, a little bit um, of a strange one. Anyway, guys, if you uh, want to support the show, Patreon is the way to go. Patreon.com slash the Penske file. Social media links are all in the, uh, the blurbs below. Check that out. Um, let's see here. Modi's channel. I'll put a link to that. You can check that out on youtube.com. And uh, we'll be back with what the hell is after this? It's a famous one, isn't it? Armageddon Game. Yeah, so Armageddon Game is the one after this. So this we have a couple strong episodes coming up. Um, Modi, non sequitur endings. Uh, do you want to go first? Or mm. I can go first. You go first. What the hell was it? Oh, right. I tweeted. I, was like, I just had a flash of fear. as like I had something, and then you're like, oh, you go, and it's like, I don't remember at all. Um, it's been, I was just looking at, uh, since I had to do the website, Pens- the PenskePodcast.com, because we got compromised by some Chinese malware. Um, I had to redesign or, you know, retheme it and sort of fill out everything. So I put up all these pictures, and I've been going through all the posts. It's incredibly tedious uploading a picture that'll serve as like the, uh, the featured image for each one. It's incredibly boring, but I noticed that uh, we did the Dauphin, TNG's the Dauphin uh, in season two. We did that exactly three years ago from when we are recording today. So time flies. That's great. It's pretty, that's kind of crazy to me on some level. 
Yeah, three years Time flies. I mean, yeah. it, wow. It, 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 the more I think about it, the the less crazy it sounds. But it's still like been doing this a long time yeah it's it's been, it's, been, it's been a long time it's more the fact that like we've known each other for three years which is kind of if yeah uh, that's that too it's, it's just a strange thing well we go way back even before that though too yeah so. that's, that's, <laughs> that's right when we did our uh we did our old podcast the very first podcast well, we basically started our channels at like the exact same time pretty much yes and I, I don't think my channel my channel didn't exist for that much before the Star Trek. Maybe so. Maybe four years. It was maybe a year before the Star Trek stuff started, and I started doing that. But yeah, it's been four years if you look at it that way, which is uh, interesting. Which is like fascinating uh-huh. on some level. Anyway, do you have a non sequitur? Um, I started playing uh, a way out. It's a new game from EA, uh, made by the guys that did uh, Brothers: Tale of Two Sons, mm-hmm. um, and it's a co-op split-screen game you can play online actually. And it's a, kind of a prison escape game. We're playing. It's a third third person perspective, high realism, set in like the seventies, I think. Sure. Uh, you're trying to escape from this prison um, and get revenge on this guy that wronged you both. Um, but it's a cool game. It's a cool split screen game, and it's it's also uh, the way I've never seen this done before. But you can buy one copy, and you can invite a friend to it that doesn't even own it, and they can play it with you, oh, and nice. they don't have to buy a second copy. Which I've never seen any any title do that before, which is really really cool. Yeah, it seems like a good idea. It's on Steam. It is on Origin. Origin CDA's thing. Okay. Does um, that, yeah, that's that's fascinating. I, it seems like a good idea, basically. Yeah. Um, it's it's gonna introduce a lot of people to the game. Now I, I can't play it anymore without my buddy. So right. <laughs> it's, it limits me from from getting to enjoy it anymore than I already have. I guess my my non sequitur off of that would just be game related. I I installed uh, an emulator recently and. I just, I don't have the patience for emulators, I think. Like, I just cannot. <laughs> it's I, a lot of setup. It's so much. Like, I can't believe it's this difficult at this day and age to emulate things. I know they want it to be difficult, but it's like every step of the way is clunky. Like, trying to figure out which emu- emulator to use, trying to find a ROM, and all the ROM sites basically look like the sleaziest sites on the internet that you can oh, yeah. find. Um, Disreputable. Yeah. Like all the downloading you're doing is just like everything you download, you scan it seven times to make sure that nothing's wrong <laughs> just with to it. Be sure. Um, yeah. It's like, and my the the point of this would just be like, can goddamn companies just get their stuff onto some sort of a virtual store so I don't have to do this? You'll pay money for it. It's like it's like the iTunes. You're, you're going through an illegal means to to get a thing that should just exist. Right. Uh, and I would it's, it's easily. Nap, it's Napster before iTunes, you know? Yeah, I would easily pay it. I don't want to do the emulator. It sucks. I don't like the experience. Put it at just, a good price and yeah, you buy just, it. Just put it on your store. It's fine. I I will buy the thing. It can't take. And, well, I, do you know this old brouhaha about the Chrono Trigger to Steam port? Oh, yeah, yeah. And stop doing that kind of stuff. Why? Why are you? Well, I played. I played Crowd Trigger as an emulator on my phone um, a few years ago, and that worked nicely. Like it was like, oh, this is perfect. Like I don't expect a whole lot of the quality, but it's 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 all working fine. And actually, to be honest, if you do uh, Android uh, emulators, it's way way easier than doing trying to do it on PC. Is it okay? Interesting. Yeah. Just, uh, was the was the Chrono Trigger the mobile port or was it an emulator? No, it was, of just, the... it was an emulator version of Crown Trigger. Interesting. Maybe that's the way to go with it. I think because the. They make these mobile ports, which are all like easy to read on mobile devices and stuff, but then they port it to the PC and it looks like garbage. It's like, don't do this. What are you doing? Anyway, that's about it. So, Modi, thanks for coming on. Anytime. Guys, we will see you next time with Armageddon Game.